Coming up on this week's episode of the EV Resource Podcast, it's going to be a two-part episode. Part one will explore claims about Karma pushing fake prototypes, take a look at a recent video with Palatov Motorsports D2 EV, a deep dive with a review of the Chevy Bolt EV. Part two is all Tesla news. We'll talk about their surprise quarter one profits, semi-truck delays, potential Cybertruck Gigafactory locations, and this week I have an answer to my own EV question, how well does autopilot work in heavy rain? Hello and welcome to the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answer your questions about electric vehicles. Thank you very much for being with me. I do want to say thank you to Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia for their support for this podcast. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. Recently, Karma has been announcing new models and showing prototypes of new technology. Uh, even I have talked about the Karma Rivero GT and their new EV platform. Well, it seems like a source has recently spoken to Jalopnik from the inside at Karma, who is saying that the new models have specs that are made up and that there are prototypes, but the prototypes are movie props and that the company itself is soon to undergo massive layoffs. Jalopnik's confirmed source, who has a position in the company where they would be exposed to information provided, is one of a company that is showing vaporware in an effort to put on, as they say, a magic show for its Chinese investors in, the, in a last-bid attempt to secure funding, even as plans to lay off workers in early May are in place. Chlopnik says that Karma's Chinese investors, the Wanzang Group, reportedly cut their investment from $400 million to $100 million late last year. And their source reports that they actually want to get out of Karma uh, away from the company entirely. Jalopnik does say that they want to be clear that the statements reported are from one primary source, confirmed to have a position within the company that could reasonably provide them with access to this information, but that it has been corroborated by another source inside the company. The information that Jalopnik received suggests that at least 100 employees will be laid off between May 1st and the 15th, and the overall end game is to reduce the staff to only 27 employees, consisting exclusively at the VP level and two directors. So Karma has been touting its eFlex platform, which is the flexible platform derived from its Rivero GT architecture, to be able to support full battery electric vehicles, extended range electric vehicles, and even support autonomous vehicles. They have announced many new plans to develop new models for this universal platform and even sell the platform itself to other manufacturers. Well, the problem that arises from all of this is that according to Jalopnik's source, the eFlex platforms shown are movie props, with only one actually capable of being driven, and that the source themselves actually helped build half of it 
The chassis being shown is simply a production Rivero GT chassis that has been modified and not a new unique platform as suggested. So this is shocking. It seems like everything, at least that I have been reading, has been a fake. They've tried to fool us all. Um, of course, that never really works. Uh, you're going to get found out eventually. Lies uh, will come out of the woodwork in one way or the other. Uh, personally, I'm really disappointed, not only because of the excitement that I had for expecting a lot of new EV models, but because this certainly paints a picture on the entire EV community, um, not significantly. I mean, Karma has struggled even when they were back uh, as Fisker with the Fisker Karma car. Um, there's been a lot of struggle. So the company certainly has a history of um, trying to revamp and reform and, and push themselves across the finish line to have a compelling product that is actually uh, viable. So perhaps not. Um, and that is a disappointment. I do hope that this isn't the, as true as it might seem. Um, you know, I'm trying to stay optimistic, but uh, ultimately it looks like Karma might not be a company that continues, at least not in the way that they're trying to portray to all of us. Since 2008, Polotov Motorsport has been designing and manufacturing high-performance, lightweight vehicles in Portland, Oregon, specifically designed for uh, recreational track day use, not necessarily something you'd see driving around on the road. One of their models, the D2, they have a full electric version of this, the D2 EV, and they've taken it to Pikes Peak. So I wanted to share with you a couple clips from their full video. You can look at the full video on their webpage. It's 11 minutes long, so I'm not going to include the whole thing here. But this is a car that can perform. It's lightweight, full electric, so of course it's got that low-end grunt. And honestly, electric vehicles are perfect for Pikes Peak in those high altitudes where gas engines might struggle. An electric motor doesn't have to worry about breathing. So take a look. As you can see, and of course, if you're familiar with Pikes Peak, that is a very, very challenging course. Normally, it's just a public road, but they block it off, and in this case, it's the hill climb, where, I mean, I'm always still astonished by watching videos like this, because once you get above the tree line, it just drops off. There's not really a guardrail at the side of the road. If you make a mistake on Pikes Peak, it could cost you your life, so... Very, very challenging. You could see from uh, the short clip that I grabbed from their video 
that there was one part where uh, the driver got a little squirrely under braking, and uh, you can hear him um, give a sigh of relief almost as he gets the car back under control and continues on. But uh, this car, and here's some photos of it, is absolutely fantastic if you're looking for something that will do this really well. It's a performance track car. Very, very impressive. Uh, the design and engineering of the process that they put to build this thing is just spectacular. They really have built a car that is a true testament to EV performance. The motors that they have are from Cascadia Motion. With uh, They're producing a combined total of 1,350 horsepower and over 5,000 pound-feet of torque to the axles. Uh, all of this in a lightweight car. I mean, I laugh because it's just insane, um, and I love it. They also have a video out there on YouTube of a uh, acceleration test uphill, and I'm going to play it for you as well uh, because it is spectacular. Obviously, getting the power to the ground is a bit of a challenge. You can see that uh, they have a lot of tire smoke at the beginning of this test, um, but. Really, I am very excited to keep following this company, Palatov Motorsport. Uh, you can check them out on social media. Check them out on YouTube, Facebook. It is um, definitely a company that is doing some very exciting things in this space. The last segment for part one of the podcast this week, I have dedicated to the Chevy Bolt EV. I recently had the opportunity to spend some time with a Bolt EV here locally, and so I put together a full comprehensive review of what I thought of the car as well as its specs, and uh, got a chance to put in some performance runs as well to get some real world numbers on zero to 60 and quarter mile times. The full review is actually published in May edition of the EV Resource Magazine, so if you're interested, hop on over to the webpage and you can subscribe to that. Doing a review of the Chevy Bolt is actually something that I've been wanting to do for a while, so I'm really excited that I had the opportunity to take some time with the car this week and really hash out what I liked and what I didn't like and a general overview of information about the car. And surprisingly, I actually learned a few things that I didn't know about the Bolt that I found were rather interesting. Now, in late 2016, the first Bolts were sold. So this has been a car that has about a three and a half year uh, run time so far. What I didn't know that I actually found kind of interesting is that last year in 2019, Chevy sold more Bolt EVs than Tesla sold of the Model S. So this isn't a, uh, a low-volume production car in the EV world. Uh, if you take the Model 3 and kind of set that to the side, every other model sells less than 20,000 units per year. So um what I did find disappointing is that actually in 2017, which was the first full year that the Bolt was sold, they sold over 23,000, and each year sales have been declining. So that's a, a little bit of a disappointment. But what I did find interesting is that this year, the first few months so far, 
they've sold almost 2,000 units per month. Obviously, with all of the coronavirus and everything, I would imagine that the numbers currently have dropped significantly. But I think that actually highlights the potential for uh, Chevy to have a year where they sell more than 20,000 again. Um, the Bolt itself is kind of a smaller to mid-size crossover. Actually, the EPA officially classifies it as a small station wagon. Um, it's shaped more like a crossover or um, like a, a four-door hatchback. Well, yeah, like a crossover. Um, one thing I do love about the Chevy Bolt is how many colors it <laughs> it's available in. Last year, 2019 models actually had, I think, what's my favorite color, the shock yellow. Um, for whatever reason, Chevy decided they didn't want to offer that anymore in the 2020 model year. But you have some really brilliant blues, like a darker, um, like a metallic blue, and then uh, a really awesome color is this oasis blue that they have. The styling of the car overall, I think, is modern. Um, definitely puts it um, in line with a lot of other vehicles that are being produced these days. Interior styling, I think, is very fresh uh, and futuristic. I love the textured plastic that they use. Um, overall, though, I wish they didn't use as much hard plastic for the surfaces. Um, they definitely have the ability to put some soft touch in there, and I think that would have helped give the Bolt a little bit more of a luxurious feel. It does feel a little cheap, um, almost like they compromised with the interior styling. Some of the features that I really, really like that uh, apparently a lot of Bolt owners like as well um, relate to the cameras around the car. The Bolt has something that is a top-down 360 view that I think is really neat. I haven't seen that in any other vehicles. Um, a front camera as well as rear, so if you're pulling into a parking space where there's a curb, you actually can see, pulling up to it, how close you're getting. Uh, and of course, the rear camera as well, um, which most cars these days are um, sold with a rear-facing backup camera. The motor, for me, coming from the Chevy Spark EV, I'm used to having some serious performance uh, low end. The Bolt really is what the Spark should have been. Um, the Bolt's motor is a 150 kilowatt motor. The batteries are rated at 160. Um, for my test, I saw a max of 148 kilowatts but I was also at a 50% state of charge. So I think that probably had something to do with the reduced power. Um, but at a full charge, you know, 150 kilowatts, it provides just over 200 horsepower and 266 pound-feet of torque. Um, that is enough that the little Michelin energy fuel-saving tires on there struggled for traction when I was doing the performance tests. Um, initial low speed numbers. I just couldn't get the tires to hook up on a regular road, um, which is understandable. I mean, it's not a pre uh, prepared track. It's not sticky. And these are not sticky tires like I just put on the Spark EV to solve its traction problem. So I did get a few zero to 60 and quarter mile runs in. 
the car is supposed to be able to do mid six seconds, zero to 60. Uh, in a test with car and driver, it actually, they were able to get at 6.3. I can only assume that's with a one foot rollout. My best time was 7.18 with uh, one foot rollout being 6.8 seconds. So a bit slower than what it's rated at. But honestly, considering the traction problems I was having, I still think that's fairly good. Best quarter mile time I was able to, to get out of this car was a 15.3 or 15.32. Uh, I do know that some owners of the Bolt EV have taken it to the drag strip uh, and gotten better results than that. I think the best I saw on um, the forums was around 15.1. Honestly, I think if you put some better tires on this, you could dip into the 14s fairly easily. Um, and considering that this is a larger vehicle, I mean, it's not a performance vehicle by any means, those numbers are actually kind of impressive. So my thoughts about the car is that the Chevy Bolt EV is easily one of the most important electric vehicles that has ever been made. Um, but it falls just short of what I really think it could be. Uh, I love the regenerative braking. I love the ability to have one pedal driving where it will come to a full stop if you have it in its L um, mode, which is the, the heavier regeneration. I love that. That's something I don't get in the Spark EV. I still have to use the brake pedal uh, to come to a full stop. So that was really cool. I do like the styling exterior as well as interior. Uh, but like I said, I think that the use of hard plastics was a miss um, on Chevy's point. The seats, that is a big, big source of complaint uh, in the Bolt EV community. I found in my previous test drives that I didn't notice the seats. They didn't bother me. Um, in the Spark EV, the seats are very hard, so perhaps I was just used to that. Uh, however, this past week when I got, sat back in it, I specifically focused on how I felt when I was sitting in the Bolt. And yeah, the seats are too hard. And I have never taken a long road trip in the Bolt EV, but I definitely could see that after a few hours, you could be really sore. On the highway, love the passing power. There's definitely uh, no need for any more oomph to get around a car that might be going a little bit slower than you want to go. But I did have a big complaint, actually, as I was driving on the highway. I like to have the windows down. I had the driver's window down, and as, as really above 45, 50 miles an hour, I started to get that helicopter noise like the th -th 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 with the buffeting of the air. In most cars, if you roll the passenger window down on the well, the driver's rear window down, that noise will go away. Well, in the Bolt, that noise didn't go away even with both of those windows down. Um, and that that just, there's gotta be a, a design flaw from an aerodynamic standpoint, I think, because that is really something that uh, shouldn't be happening. Uh, so that was a bit frustrating. Um, and the biggest point that I always talk about to anybody that's interested in getting a Bolt is make sure that you get the optional fast charging provision. 
In Canada, Chevy never released the Bolt without a fast charge provision. It was standard. I don't know why in the U.S. that it was an option. It shouldn't be. Every Bolt out there should have a fast charge provision, even if you never use it, because it will help with the resale value and it gives you more choices of what to do with the vehicle. With the 2020 model, you have a range of 259 miles. There's no reason why you shouldn't want to go on longer trips with this car. Let's say you have to recharge once, you're going 500 miles or so. Um, you want to be able to fast charge. You don't want to sit there on a level two charger for 10 hours um, or five hours even recharging the car in order to get to the next place. So that I don't know why Chevy didn't make that standard here in the U.S., but they definitely should have. All in all, my impression, the Bolt EV is a good car, but it's not a great car. Um, I'm not surprised that it has sold as well as it has. I definitely look forward to seeing more of them on the road, um, but I would love to see future generations, if they do kind of refresh the car, to put... Um, a couple of uh, more luxury touches on it, mainly because its price point is right there competing with the Tesla Model 3 or very close to it. And honestly, if you get within $10,000 of a Model 3, you're gonna have a lot of people comparing the two vehicles. And as much as I love the Bolt EV, the Model 3 is a better car. It's built better, it comes with better features, and of course, Tesla's huge advantages with the supercharger network. So I don't think the Bolt can compete with the Model 3, and, and honestly, I don't think it should. It should be on the lower end. Uh, I don't think it should cost more than $30,000 um, or maybe have the MSRP a touch above 30, but then, you know, realistic pricing lower than that. Um, so it, like I said, you know, it's, it falls just just slightly short of what I think it could be. I, I think it's good. I really do, but it's not great. So that is it for part one of this week. Uh, part two is going to be a separate video, or if you're listening to the audio-only podcast, it is going to be a separate audio file. Uh, so make sure you look for that if you want to get all of the latest Tesla news. Um, there is a lot of Tesla news this week to go through. So that's why I split it up uh, between the non-Tesla stuff and then the Tesla stuff. Um, so take a look for that. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as on your favorite podcast app. Um, subscribing just means that you're going to get updated to any new release automatically. You don't have to go hunt for the EV Resource Podcast, so that'll make it super easy. But if you're not interested in all the Tesla stuff and this is all you wanted to see for this week, then I thank you very, very much for being with me. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you can give a review or comment or like, That'll just help more and more people find this podcast and get great information out to uh, more people who are curious about EVs and wanting to learn as much as they can. Um, if you are interested in the Tesla stuff, then I'll see you real soon uh, for all of that. But if not, then I'll see the rest of you next week. Thanks so much. <laughs>